Hey, 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 and welcome to the Victor. My name is Victor Tarfa, international transformational speaker, author of the book, The Seasons of Life, Corporate MC, and I'm also a mentor. The Victor, small wins, big victories. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Victor. My name is Victor Tarfa. I'm an international transformational speaker, a mentor, author of the book, The Seasons of Life, and I'm also a corporate MC. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited because today I'm not rolling solo. I've got somebody with me and he happens to be my younger brother. Yes. <laughs> Sounds a bit funny, isn't it? Yeah. I was talking to a guy a few days ago when I was out in Nairobi, Kenya, and he's a graduate of mathematics. And I was telling him about how my brother loves math so much and how he's worked his way right from when he finished school all to where he is today. And it's quite amazing because he has a very powerful story because I think a lot of people who are out there who are sort of thinking, what do I do with myself? And it's interesting how from a tiny place in Nigeria, how he's actually worked himself now, but I'll let him introduce himself properly to tell you what he's doing. And obviously he will tell you, share with you the process of how everything worked out. But most importantly, I just want to use this podcast to inspire you so you can look at the power of taking those little steps. And that's why my podcast is called The Small Wins and the Big Victories. So sit back, relax, and listen. There we go. So, Amos Tarfa, tell us about you. Well, um, thank you, uh, Victor Dauda. Yeah, I grew up in in Lagos, Nigeria. That's where I did my elementary school and my secondary school. And uh, I enjoyed uh, mathematics back then and still do. But when I graduated, well, actually now what, what I do is I, I, I try to write math programs to inspire young people to enjoy the process of learning math. Because math, I believe, is beautiful. So how can we get more people to be excited about learning mathematics? And so I, I have a learning center, two learning centers in the U.S. and uh, one in Nigeria that strives to help students master mathematics and other academic subjects. We also write uh, books on how to excel in, in, in different um, aspects of organization, time management, and anything a student would need to excel in school. Uh, our goal is to go beyond that and also inspire the students to figure out more on what they want to do when they finish school. So we don't want clueless graduates. We want people graduating, knowing and having some direction of what they're supposed to do with their lives. So that's some of what we do right now. Um, my organization in the U.S. is called the Learning Institute for Excellence. We want to inspire people to excellence in academics and, uh, and life skills. And then the one in Nigeria is called Spark Learn. Uh, igniting lifelong learning is our you know, slogan. We really want to see people become lifelong learners so that after they finish their secondary school or university, they still have a passion to learn. Wow, that is absolutely great. So all about learning, all about mathematics. So this maths we're talking about now, at what point did you realize, you know what, this is what I like? Because to me, maths is not really my thing, and which is the truth. And there's quite a lot of people who are scared of maths. But I don't know, how do you embrace it? What made you think, you know what, this is which way I want to go? Have you always studied maths? You know, would you study maths when you're out there at university? So tell the people. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting is that, um, and I don't remember if Victor remembers this, but when I was in third grade or primary three, I actually remember taking papers and saying, I want to write math textbooks. I said that and I start, started writing problems and solutions. And, and it, there was this idea of showing the pattern so that more people could enjoy the process of learning mathematics. So this was something that was there a long time ago. 
But when I went to secondary school, you know, we had to work hard. It was a boarding school. There was a lot of challenges. But at the end of it all, um, you know, by God's grace, I ended up becoming student body president, which was great because it opened a lot of doors. A lot of students looked up to you and it, it forced you to step up your game. But when I graduated, I didn't have a university admission. So I was sitting at home back in 2005. And by the end of that year, it became clear that I had to do something. And so I was involved in different capacities with different youth groups. And and by January of 2006, I just got excited, visited a secondary school, and I told them, you know what, I want to come out to your school and I want to speak to your students and try and inspire them. And uh, of course, they were surprised and they asked, well, who are you? What, 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 what grounds do you have to do that? And I told them I was a student body president. And right then, then they were like, really? Okay, come back, uh, show us your manuscript. So I hand wrote my first book, which ended up becoming a book called Achieving Excellence as a Young Person. And uh, and that was the beginning of the talks, talking series. So I talked at that school and then they sent me to another school and then to another school. And before I knew it, um, I was speaking in different schools, um, different occasions. Um, the, the mathematics is key. And I've written sections on how to excel as well as uh, books on mathematics itself. However, there was just a huge interest in um, organization, leadership skills. And so I started speaking on those topics as well. And I'm very passionate about those. And so it all began with just realizing there's a need these young people are, some of them in, are in school and they don't like learning and they're not excited. So what if I could go out and try and inspire them? So I was more, more of a motivational speaker that wanted to see uh, just uh, young people all over Abuja, Nigeria, uh, embrace the love for learning. And that was a wonderful time. And until today, I still remember uh, those opportunities. Wow. Do you know, one thing I said with my podcast is the fact that we focus on the small wins and they become major victories. And I think a lot of time people don't take those steps because they think the steps don't matter. They think there's actually no need or it's actually pointless. Now he finished school and he was at home. He couldn't think of what to do with himself. Now he's my younger brother, but obviously we were quite, quite far apart in age. So I was at university or I might have moved to UK by then, you know, but I, I, I wasn't really there. So I wouldn't even see all that happen. When I heard that story, I was actually inspired myself. And I tend to actually share that story with quite a lot of people in Nigeria because I feel a lot of the young people who sit around, they sort of think, I'm waiting to find a job, I'm waiting to the government. And get, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with actually working or finding a job. But the key thing is, if you're actually not doing anything, you know, you can say, okay, fine, what talents do I have and how can I contribute to my community or my environment? And that's what he actually did. You know, he sat down, he felt, I'm good at maths, I'm good at talking, I just want to go out there and go and teach people. And that's what he did. And as he heard what he said from one school to another to another and that's how he actually grows as a speaker myself i find people sometimes who sort of tell you oh no i want to become a speaker tomorrow and get paid the thousands or whatever whatever pounds not realize there's a process of actually going through nobody knows you nobody knows what you can deliver you see and that's a question they asked him who are you he went back and created a manuscript and came back and showed them. So we have to just get, I'm trying to drive the message home of the importance of those little steps that we think don't matter. Those tiny things, because at the end of the day, if you sit around, just find something doing and you'd be amazed at how from there it's going to grow. Don't worry about the money because if he was thinking, oh, I want to find someone to pay me first, maybe he wouldn't have even found what you found. But now he's talking about owning three learning centers with one in Nigeria thriving and two in America. He tells you how much difference is made from the day he went to ask, can I teach your students to now when he owns learning centers? And I think you've written how many books? 
Well, I've written about four books now um, at this point. And, and I, the part of the story I forgot to add is that when I started speaking at those schools, and that's a very good point, I did not know that anybody would pay me, actually. And so when I spoke at the first school, they didn't pay me, but I was so excited. I mean, I woke up early in the morning and made it to the assembly, and then I spoke. When I spoke at the second school, the lady was like, wow, I'm, gonna, I'm going to pay for your transportation, you know. And so she that was the first uh, you know, the amount of money I ever received for you know doing something like that. And so she paid um, and then she gave me an opportunity to speak somewhere else and so on and so forth but what's interesting interesting is that after just speaking at two schools the u.s embassy called and and well they found out somehow and they someone said i want to meet this guy and so it was just about a month after i started that they asked are you interested in in going to school in the united states since you're not going to the university here your university is you know behind schedule you won't find out for another six months if you're getting in if you want to do that, let us know. I never thought I would go to school in the U.S. And that was how that happened, actually, was when I started doing what I was passionate about, this opportunity presented itself. Wow. Can you see that? Can you hear that? That is absolutely amazing. You know, I just, it's, it's shocking because I'm sitting down here interviewing my younger brother. And, uh, <laughs> and I've never actually heard this story in full. So I'm actually excited. I'm glad we're actually doing this now because I think it's, it's, it's made me, it's, I'm actually getting fired up to be you. And if you listen to this now, I'll advise you, Everybody else hear this podcast because I think there's so many people who need to hear this, you know, because in fact, I'm actually shocked. You know how much people stand outside queues in Nigeria trying to go to the U.S.? You understand? As in for the U.S. Embassy themselves to reach out to him. You know, I've been to Lagos. People wake up fast 3 a.m. in the morning because trying to get visas to go out and a holiday to the U.S. or go and get students' visas, you know. But now the embassy are the ones reaching out to him. And what did he do different? He followed his passion. He went out there and offered the service for free. I'm sitting out here doing nothing. Let me just go. Let me just go and help someone else out. And within a month, within a month. So you're listening to this now. You're sitting down thinking, or you know somebody. Just go and ask the person, what do you think you're good at? Can you just go and offer it for free for somebody? He wasn't paid, but he was fired up. He's excited. You know, I talk about fulfillment being the latest currency. You see, because that is one good way. As long as you're happy and you're fulfilled with what you've actually done, that's what really matters, you see. Because as you said, there's thousands of people around Loads of money, but they haven't got that fulfillment. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with having loads of money. But make sure there's something you're doing out there that is fulfilling to you. And that's what he's done. So now, let's just carry on. Let's carry on now. So you ended up being called by U.S. Embassy. You're off to the U.S. And tell us more about that. So back in 2006, they called me in February, the U.S. Embassy Education uh, uh, Advising Center. So I went out. I met with them. They, they um, worked me through the process. I went ahead and applied. Went to the University of Wisconsin in Superior. Um, I did my uh, degree in chemistry, by the way, which is interesting because I love math, but I did it in chemistry because I was going to be a pediatrician, which ties back to my passion for young people. So not only do I want these people to excel in academics and so on, but I have a passion to see them just live lives of excellence. And so I got a degree in chemistry to become a pediatrician, and I also got a minor in philosophy, which is where my second book came out of. And so I did that back in 2007, and, uh, 2007 2010. And then after getting my degree, I taught for two years at a local school in Minnesota. And then during that process, I started writing a program called Tools for Mastering Mathematics. The, the goal was, what if we could take kids, show them the nature of mathematics, teach them the history of mathematics, show them the applications of mathematics, put it all in one, and let's see what that does for their attitude to learning mathematics. And so we started doing that program uh, back in 2012, which gave rise to the Learning Institute for Excellence. And so we that's been going on now, um, you know, for a while. But the goal is then to take this back to, you know, to Nigeria, to Africa, provide more of those tools 
but then also provide people who have skills with an opportunity to use their passion. So they take these curriculums and they take these tools, they find a school near their neighborhood and they provide that extra lesson or that service to help more students master mathematics. And let me add this though, imagine if they could also help the kids who might be on the streets, who, who just want to come sit down in an evening and learn mathematics. Look what that could do for those kids. And so I think that's an interesting vision I'm just throwing out there for people to go out and find people that don't have opportunities to learn and those who do and deliver the content, which we've provided some of this content. And a lot of this is on our website, toolsformath.org. But I think that it is just wonderful to take something like math and use it as a leveling tool to help bring children to you know realize that you know no matter how much you have in your bank account, if you can do maths, there's a lot that you can do with your life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard Mark's been sold so much like it's quite interesting. You see, and then um, he said he was trying to be a pediatrician and then obviously he's not a pediatrician now, but I'll ask that question now. Then what happened? Back in 2009, when I took uh, added on philosophy as a minor, just, just for critical thinking, logic, reasoning, I used to love debating. So I took philosophy and my professor and I are still in touch till today. He still emails me. He's retired, but we had such a blast in philosophy of science. He and I didn't agree on everything, but we were able to dialogue you know, and have great conversations. And he encouraged me to apply to get a PhD in philosophy, actually, because he realized that I, I, I had that um uh, you know, I had that focus or that tool of reasoning, which I'd been blessed with. So anyways, that was what began the process of leaving the, the pre-med pediatrician route. So in April of 2009, it became very clear after getting into a lot of good discussions, a lot of debates, a lot of conversations, I realized, you know what, I don't want to go to work every day focusing on treating people's bodies, which is not a bad thing. I'm glad their doctors are out there. But I had a greater passion to deal with the mind, how people think, and I wanted to help people with logic and, and, and just encourage people and, and, and so on and so forth. So that led me into that education route, you know, going towards more of a PhD route in education. But then I realized that the people I was going to, you know, the high school students I was teaching or the secondary school students, they did not care about a PhD. And it actually showed me, you know, when I went to the program, I was going to get a PhD in biochemistry. The, pro the problem was that I was becoming too overqualified and detached from the very people I wanted to help. And so I decided to then focus on helping them then. And that's what led to you know where I am today. So that PhD now is, is going to be in education eventually, but right now I'm focusing on again inspiring young people, inspiring people who want to help young people because I can't do it alone. So I'm hoping that I can recruit more and more people who can use these tools to show the world that math is really a tool that can help rescue some people literally out of poverty and out of many things because of how it connects to all the other branches of study. And so that's where that's why I'm not a pediatrician today, is because I've decided to focus instead on inspiring people to excellence, especially young people. Wow. Now that's quite interesting because a lot of people sort of leave the lives of what their parents want them to do or what their brothers want them to do, or just trying to please other people around them and never actually follow what really their passion is and to find what really makes them happy. And it's pretty clear because he said, obviously, everybody wants a child to be a doctor. Everybody wants to go the way in which you can find, you know, I'm a pediatrician, you know, I'm going to walk around with that collar and feel happy about it. Yes, it's great. Yes, there's so much thing that goes into helping young children. Especially in places like in Africa and Nigeria, I think there's quite a lot of children. I mean, you need good pediatricians out there too, you know, because there are so many minor diseases in which that could be cured or preventive that kids get into. But obviously, we don't really have that much help out there. But so it would have been a very good place for him to be. But he's, he, as he said, he didn't want to find himself going out there and doing what he's not really what he wanted to do. 
And that's why I find really interesting because he just said, I just chose to just take my own route, go a different way. And in life, sometimes you take off, you don't know where you're going, but you know, it, it, at least you've taken that step. That's the most important thing. And as you keep going, the routes could change. Yes, things are going different places. I, I took off as a transmission speaker. Then one day a phone rings and they tell me, oh, can you come and MC a program? And I'm thinking, well, I'm not an MC. I don't do that. You know, but I felt, well, it's a microphone, it's me talking, it's a business event. So why not? Let me just do it. You know, and then I found myself emceeing a lot more than even speaking sometimes, you know. So I, I realized that it is quite powerful because you just don't know where it's going to lead you to. But most importantly, it's best to just step out and just keep going. So that's a powerful encouragement, even for me and for everybody else around. The route might change along the way. But the most important thing is if it was focused on, okay, fine, I want to help people. Being a petitioner means helping people too. Working to teach people how to do maths and transforming mindsets too is where helping people too. So the target was, I want to help people. But the route for helping people for him is different from somebody else. So he took the one that he felt he was called to do and that's the one he actually followed and delivered on. And that's what he's enjoying doing now because he enjoys maths so much, I can't even believe it myself. Yeah, so I, th- I think, it's, I think uh, it's, it's, it's powerful. So just before we begin the roundup, I'm going to quickly just ask a few questions now because I know it's called LIFE, as in the Learning Institute for Excellence. So just very quickly now, what does excellence mean to you, Amos? Just tell them, what, is that, what does excellence mean to you? Well, if I could use the opposite of what I think it means to me, maybe it'll help. You know, there's just, I've noticed that for, for some young people, especially, and, and maybe older people, you know, apathy might be okay or mediocrity. And I could not stand mediocrity. I used to tell my students that my kryptonite was apathy. I could not stand watching people just uh, moving around with no direction, no purpose, and so on and so forth. So when I think of excellence, I think of someone putting passion and giving the best that they can at what is before them. Now, notice that when I, when someone works hard in a calculus class, they might end up with an 80%. Someone else might work hard and get a 95%. Now, in the class, they might be ranked number one, number two, number three. But in reality, the one who got an 85%, now, of course, if they got a 60%, that's a different case. They might have to retake the class. But if they did get an 80 or 85% and they gave their best, the fulfillment, that feeling of I gave my best, that's what I see as excellence. I gave my best and I, I left nothing on the court. So that's what I think of when I think of excellence. Beautiful, beautiful. He gave his best and he left nothing on the court. And I think that's that's just the best way to go because as long as you know, because I know I, I did a podcast, which I'm sure you might have heard by now. If you haven't, you want to go a bit few of my podcasts, you're going to hear that when I spoke about average. You know, and I said to you, at the end of the day, I think most people regret because they haven't put their best in. So yeah, it's better for you to try. You know, I know as Stephen Stephen Furthwick said, I'd rather try. You know, I'd, I'd rather not live with the regret of not trying, you know, than live with the than live with the regret of what if I tried, you know, you know, because you keep thinking every single time, what if I'd done that? What if I'd done that? What if I'd worked harder you see a sports guy who doesn't win the race and he might be feeling bad not because he didn't win the race but because he's thinking you know what what if i just woke up slightly earlier and practice a bit more i would have been able to push myself a bit more but because they sort of laid back and felt oh no nah, come on i know what i'm doing I, i'm good enough and maybe that's why they lost out so excellence is about that push you know you might not really be you might not say you might not even get the results you want but the thing is that you want to look back and say you know what i put in my best it might not be my best result but i put in my best you see, so, you know, much of whatever comes out of you, you know, I worked hard for it and I know that I worked hard for it. So, well, this is what I got for now. So all I have to just go back and learn from it and move on. So, you know, I've been powerfully inspired. I really loved every single minute of this now. And I think this has been a really, really powerful podcast. So I'll just say to Amos now, so let's look at it now. Just, just, uh, just to round up, just tell us quickly, 
Where is life going? And where do you see in about five years? And um, what's that ultimate final goal? You know, when you're lying down on your, you're like 90, 125 years old, you know, you look back and you say, wow, I'm glad I did this. Well, I think um, one one direction, well, for now, we are going international into Nigeria. That's part of what I'm hoping to accomplish here in 2019 is to really get more um, life centers or spark learn centers, we call them, in Abuja and then Lagos and all over. Wh- where do I want to see things go? Well, number one, I recognize that there's, a, there's a, this gift of um, delegation. And I learned some of that with uh, being a student body president. I don't want to do everything on my own. I want to work with a team. And so part of what that takes is finding people who have graduated, uh, you know, whether it's a university and maybe even some who have just graduated secondary school who want to begin to learn how the process works, but want to give them the tools. And we want to see a life center in every major, you know, every city, every, you know, all over. Now, what's the difference between a life center and just basic school? The difference, again, is that with the life, we're trying to focus on helping kids on every area of life. Some schools are doing that, and I understand that, but we're seeing more young people come out from high school saying, I don't know what to do with my life. We're seeing people going to university saying, I don't know what I want to study. Well, we need to fix that. We need to give people more, you know, tools to find direction. So I want to see life all over the place. I want to see Spark Learn all all over Africa, where we've seen a lot of secondary school students who are graduating, who, who have a place to go right away to learn some skills and then launch into whether it's entrepreneurship or, or different things that they're passionate about. So I want to see um, a team of people. So I'm working on raising a team and then having that team go out to, to different sections of society. Of course, I'll be meeting with them regularly and working on our projects together. So in the next five years, I'm hoping to see life all over the United States, for well, all over the Midwest in the United States. I'd like to see Sparkland all over West Africa. And um, the, the the one thing I would, would say as far as what, what would I want to look back and say I'm glad is that, you know, you know, going through life and just living and at the end saying, yep, I lived and I did nothing. That's, that's tough. You know, there's many people who just are not thinking of how can I give of myself and on the life I've been given. So I want to inspire people all over the world. I want to inspire people um, in Nigeria, starting there, and then see where that goes. I want to build rehabilitation centers, and this is where I'm going to end with. With as far as the, you know, we're looking back. What do I mean by this? I want to see places not that that are like universities, but are a mix of universities and technical colleges, all of the above. But it brings together learners of different backgrounds and helps them to learn together, learn the aspect of excellence, so that when they launch into the world, they are not just going to become typical doctors. They're going to be doctors of excellence. They're not just going to be t- typical teachers. They're going to be the best teachers you've ever met. So I want to see a, a generation of people who are giving the best in whatever they're doing, coming out of our different uh, centers all across the world. And so that's part of my desire is to raise leaders, which I've started doing gradually. And uh, at the end of the day, I want to look back and know that I, I, I gave everything. I used all that I've been blessed with. And, uh, and then I'll be glad and thank God that I lived a life that made sense because that's what it's about. It's not just about living and saying, yep, I lived, I came and, and I, that's it. No, I, I want to look back and say, you know, I did everything and I'm glad that I did everything I was aware I was supposed to do. And I inspired others who can carry on the work of inspiring others as well. Wow, super. So finally, where can anyone find you? Anyone wants to connect with you? They want to either attend your life um, in the centers or Sparks in Nigeria. How do they find you guys and how do they connect to you? So my email is just amostarfa1 at gmail.com. That's the email. The website is www.sparklearn.life. So www.sparklearn.life. The quote that I you would notice there with the website, and I'll end with the quote there, is that education is not just filling a bucket 
It's lighting a fire. And that's what we want to do. So if anybody is interested in, in lighting a fire and growing in whatever area, whether it's bringing our stuff into your classroom or just inspiring your kids, feel free to reach out to us. Wow. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've taken something away and I hope you've learned something new about the power of taking those tiny steps, creating those small wins and having a massive victory. Hope you've stepped out there now and moved away from life and mediocrity into excellence. If you've enjoyed this now, don't keep it to yourself. Tell a friend about it. Share it out there. If you're listening to me on iTunes or on Spotify, just make sure you give me some five stars. It'd be quite nice. Share the podcast and tell people about it because I think the world needs to hear because inspiration is needed out there. Turn to fire someone out, take those tiny steps. You know, because the small wins will definitely bring you big victories. Thank you once again. My name is Victor Tarfa. My wonderful guest is Amos Tarfa. If you're interested in maths and you want to know anything about more about it, check out the websites or reach out to him. So have a wonderful time. Stay blessed. And I love you all. This is The Victor.